Hello and welcome to the Post to Post podcast. It is podcast number 37. Today is February 25th. It is Sunday. My name's Neil. You're Brent. We're here to talk about some hockey. Mm-hmm. We just filmed about five minutes of the podcast, but apparently the audio was not recording. So uh, we've got to do a little bit of a redo here. And uh, the first time we filmed this, I, I talked about how we just filmed three videos on three important trades, the Pocanic trade, the Nash trade, and also the Brassard trade, a very mm-hmm. complicated one. Mm-hmm. You've already seen those videos, hopefully, because this is this podcast will release after all three of those. Uh, we've got lots to talk about today, some trades, a uh, little bit, um, some Olympics, some soccer at the end, uh, and just all kinds of stuff. It's been an absolutely crazy busy weekend, uh, but uh, it's been a, an, an exciting weekend. Mm-hmm. So if you look on the trade block, uh, on my list I've got McDonough, Carlson, Vanek, Maroon, Kane, Galchenyuk, Domi, Green, Pacioretty, JVR, Leonard, Garmelson, Barry, Hoffman, Georges, and Falk. So if you're a fan of any of those teams with those players, you can expect maybe some chatter today, uh, tonight, and tomorrow on potential trades for those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, streaks. Let me hit you with some streaks. Okay. Philly, five games in a row. Philadelphia. Quietly, quietly. Toronto, four. Tampa Bay, three. Nashville, three. Minnesota, three. Tampa Bay back to their winning ways after a bit of a, not really a struggle, but just a slow period, I guess. Um, on the other side of the coin, the Rangers are, are on a six-game losing streak. Not a surprise there. They're kind of burning it down. And St. Louis, uh, three games. They're really struggling as of late, just clinging on to that last uh, spot, basically, as you mentioned the first time we filmed this. <laughs> they are. They're the last wild card team as we speak. They're actually tied in points with Dallas, and they're, the tiebreaker just goes to Dallas uh, incrementally. So mm. Dallas and St. Louis are both there. But right behind them, only two points back is Anaheim. Three points back is the Kings, and four points back is Colorado. So it's it's far from certain who's going to be in the playoffs it's really in the tight. West. It's really, it's really tight. tight. It's really, really tight. So another thing that happened during <clears throat> the first time that we filmed this podcast uh, 10 minutes ago, there was two things announced on Twitter that we didn't have time to discuss in any of the videos uh, earlier. Mm-hmm. So uh, we decided to discuss them, and we'll discuss them again a little bit. So... Uh, Although the conversation will be genuine, we're basically going to say the same thing. So there's two trades that happened. Uh, it's not trades. One trade that happened. One signing. Gianta resigned with, uh, sorry, signed with Boston for a very reasonable seven hundred thousand. Yeah. Um, he had a great performance for Team USA as its captain in the Olympic Games, and that propelled him to some strong consideration in the NHL. And Boston's picked him up. I think it's a great deal for for both of them. Yeah, I think so as well. Uh, He's going to be a great addition in the playoffs. He's got a ton of experience, Mm -hmm. so that's going to be really great. And then the second thing that happened was uh, the trade, the three-way trade that happened between Columbus, the Predators, and the Oilers. So Columbus acquired Latestu, the Predators acquired a fourth-round pick, and the Oilers acquired Pontus Aberg. Mm. It's a pretty interesting name, by the way. That's Pontus. Pontus. Now... I know in some languages that derive from Latin that would have something to do with a bridge. Oh, Pontus, like a, a pont. A, a pont is a is a bridge. So I don't know so if that. I don't know if that. He means was named bridge. after a bridge. Well, I don't know, and, or, or maybe. I, I just don't know. I don't want to say anything. I well, if I stopped saying things I didn't know anything about, I wouldn't speak at all. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I, that's a very interesting name, uh, Pontus. Another one is Humpus. Humpus Lindholm. Or, or no, Hampus. Hampus Lindholm. Ham, I'm sorry. Yeah, not Humpus. <laughs> Uh, so anyways, with that being said, we'll, we will be checking our phones and our Twitter feeds vigorously 
and frequently over this podcast to discuss anything that pops up during the time, although by the time you hear this, it will be old news to you. So I've talked about the streaks, I've talked about the trades that just happened. Um, you got anything? What do you want to talk about? I, I want to talk about an interesting uh, football or soccer game that happened today. You already teed that up that we're going to talk about that near the end of the yeah, podcast. Yeah, we'll do that near the end. I'm looking forward to telling the little bit of the story there of that. You might be able to guess if you're watching this on video that I plan to talk about Manchester United's game today against Chelsea. So mm. Yeah, if you're if you're just listening to this, we're in some interesting attire. I don't think we've worn ever worn so much red. <laughs> I've got my Canadian's jersey on, my Canadian's hat, which I guess is technically black, but mm-hmm. you've got your I have my Manchester United uh, home jersey on. Mm. And my Montreal Canadiens uh, red hat on as well. And I have a Man United scarf uh, that we kindly uh, were sent by one of our correspondents in the United Kingdom. Yeah, so we're, we're bleeding lots of red here today. Yeah. And you've got an Orlando Solar Bears oh, yes, uh, yes. scarf on your microphone as well. So. A, sh- uh, a little orange. Mm-hmm. You could, if you squint hard enough, it might look like red. It's close. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, we're going to talk some soccer at the end of the podcast. Uh, we're going to talk some Olympics because mm-hmm. that's really important. It is. Um, it is. sure you have some other stuff. Maybe you want to go over some standings or stuff like that. I do. Can you hit me, hit, hit me with those, uh, first, if you don't mind. Sure. Okay. In the standings, uh, we have the Tampa Bay lightning <coughs> now sitting atop the, all of the teams in the East or, you know, with, uh, the combined Atlantic and metropolitan divisions. They have 87 points. They almost have enough points now to basically go to sleep for the rest of the season and almost still make the playoffs. Um, they are a plus 25 in my strange plus minus system. Oh, yeah. That actually cha- uh, ties them with the Vegas Golden Knights in the West who have 86 points, but one fewer game played. So they're also plus 25. So those two are the class of the field right now. It's funny because your system, um, it's a really good system mid-season. It's a terrible system at the beginning of the season. It's a terrible system at the end of the season. It's <laughs> it's, it's a mid-season system that works really well. And then the, the further the season goes on, the, the worse it kind of gets. Well, even right now, though, like last night, Toronto defeated Boston by, a, uh, I forget the score, it was like 4-3 or something. And Toronto beat Boston and went past them in the standings by one point. The Leafs have 83 points. The Bruins have 82. And if you just looked at points, you'd say, oh, my goodness, the Toronto Maple Leafs, they're on their way. But Boston now holds five games in hand on Toronto. So my plus-minus system, Toronto has plus 19, Boston's a plus 23. That's the real standings, folks, because in the next five games, Boston plays Buffalo, Montreal, Detroit, Carolina, and Pittsburgh. They're going to win at least one of those five games, <laughs> yeah, come on, right. and probably at least three of them. How many games in hand does Boston have on Tampa? Uh, three games. Tampa's paid, played 62, Boston's played 59. So Boston is five points behind Tampa with three games in hand. If they won them all, they'd be a point ahead. Very interesting. Very interesting. So Boston is uh, climbing, and mm. it Ooh. still looks like a Toronto-Boston first round. With the additions that they've made in Nash and Gionta mm-hmm. uh, and the potential loss of Bergeron, you walked out of the game last night with a boot on. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know, I still think that... Like I wouldn't want to play, honestly, I wouldn't want to play Boston no. in the playoffs this year. No, There's I no wouldn't. No way. Right now, Tampa would cross over and play the Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, which would be the lowest seeded wild card right now from the Metro Division. Uh, Washington would play the New Jersey Devils, which is the higher seeded wild card. And, and those th- change every day, just like in they the West. They change every day, every day. And Pittsburgh and Philadelphia would play each other. That is starting to solidify a bit. So it looks like that matchup may happen. Really? Yeah. Because yesterday, Pittsburgh was ahead of Washington. 
I think. Yeah, but uh, not now. And and Washington not only has one more point than Pittsburgh, but they still have a game in hand as well. Uh, so uh, it's going to be tight. It's going to be tight in the Pacific. The Vegas Golden Knights are number one, and yeah. and they're number one in, even if you compare it to the Central. So in the whole West, they're number mm -hmm. one. They would play the lowest seeded wild card right now, and that's the St. Louis Blues barely. Dallas is right there with them in the wild card spot. Dallas would play Nashville. And uh, Winnipeg and Minnesota would play. That would be a great rivalry mm -hmm. just across the border. Absolutely. There. And San Jose would play Calgary because Calgary is just into the third seed in the Pacific. Mm. And they're actually tied in points with Anaheim. They're tied almost all the way across. An the, the Calgary beats Anaheim in a bit of an incremental tiebreaker. So Anaheim and Calgary are virtually tied. So it might be an Anaheim-San Jose first round. If Calgary drops, there's, al there's always a ca uh, ca uh, <coughs> California matchup. It seems in the playoffs. Yeah. Let me ask you this: <laughs> Whoever Vegas plays in the first round, because Vegas is going to make the playoffs. That's, I mean, <laughs> if they if they miss the playoffs, then then that's going to be the craziest thing that ha has ever happened in sports. And I think um, if they play, I don't know, say St. Louis, that's who they're matched up to play right now, right? <laughs> if they play St. Louis, if St. Louis loses. Do you think St. Louis should be embarrassed to lose to Vegas, an expansion team? Or do you think they shouldn't be embarrassed because of the way that Vegas played this year? I think it's the second one. I think an expansion team counts for the first 20 or 30 games. And once you've washed that, that stink off of you of being an expansion <laughs> team, if you're still performing, <laughs> as Vegas is, forget the fact that they're an expansion team. I'll, it's a new day. Mm. And I think any team would have to take them seriously playing them. And I don't think any team should be embarrassed to lose to them just because they're an expansion team. Uh, Gerard Gallant has put together the chemical reactions needed for four lines and 3D, and it's it's working. I don't know how it's working, but it is, and it's real, and it's, I don't know how far they can go. It's pretty it's pretty crazy. It kind of feels like Germany in the Olympics a little bit, and we'll talk about that. Nice a segue. Later. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Uh, but yeah, Vegas is is really doing pretty good right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really good, really good. Uh, so that's where things would would stand. I know we don't use the podcast a whole lot these days to talk about last night's games because so much happened. So, but there were a couple of cool things that happened last night. One of them was this freaky goal in the Ottawa Philly game. Oh, that was weird. That was just nuts. Uh, Brandon Manning was just doing a dump in, and it was just above the 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 line of the boards where it meets the glass. Some people would call that the half wall, <laughs> and it hit a stanchion or something. And Craig Anderson went out to try to meet the puck around behind the net. And the puck bounced off the stanchion and went in off the post mm -hmm. and scored. And that was the weirdest and thing. And this isn't the first time we've seen this. It no. happens like once every two or three years. Yeah. It's just it's <laughs> just one of those physics things. It just happens. And did, and did you see the Edmonton-LA end of game? Oh, yes, I did. That was crazy. Uh, Edmonton was leading 4-3. LA appeared to score. Mm -hmm. They... They, the referee didn't call it a goal at the time, but then the clock went down to zero. Mm -hmm. After that, the referee was called over to the penalty box and handed the iPad, looked at it, and they determined that indeed the puck did cross the line. So the referee went out, made an announcement, pointed to center ice, good goal, that would have tied at 4-4. Then Edmonton threw a coach's challenge on goalie interference, mm -hmm. which also succeeded, wiped out the goal. Edmonton ended up winning 4-3. <laughs> Do you know that that was the first time that... Uh Edmonton has won of a uh, goal challenge as since Todd McClellan has joined the team. I did not. They had know lost that. 19 previous challenges. <laughs> I didn't know that. Something like that. I think I saw that in a tweet. That's hilarious. That's in, 
it's unbelievable. <laughs> it's unbelievable. That's crazy. What else you got? Uh, a little bit of stat stuff. Just uh, who's looking at the Rocket Richard Trophy. Oh, Ovechkin, yes. he's still lighting it up. He's trying. He's Man, trying real hard. He's got 38 goals now. Malkin is second with 36. So Ovechkin has, has uh, got a two-goal gap there for the Rocket Richard. Good for him. This will be, I just, on on one of the sports reports this morning, I think it's like the 13th year in a row where he has scored 32 goals or more in a season. In a row. And, and he's only four goals shy of 600 now. He does so many important things on the ice, um, especially on the power play, but he just has this sense of, like, he doesn't need to look at the net before he shoots. Like, he'll be watching the play. He does stand still. I mean, Ovechkin fans, you can't even argue that he doesn't stand still. He just stands in his office and he waits. But it's not like he he keeps looking at the net to get his position or to know where the net is so he's, he's ready. He just watches the play. And he doesn't even have to look at the net, and he just the puck comes, and he just. I don't understand the accuracy that he has without knowing like where the net is. He's just, he's just that good. It's like he's got a third eye in the side of his head that looks, <laughs> that looks sideways. It's it's unbelievable. And this is totally, uh, not nothing related to what you just said, but they showed a whole bunch of highlights of him, scoring this morning, mm-hmm. as they were talking about his amazing run this year, and I don't recall any of those highlights where he scores the goal. And then pulls the mouth guard out and celebrates. Because I actually, I don't think he wears a mouth guard. I don't know that he does. I don't remember. If he does, I've never seen him pull it out of his mouth. I think maybe if he's that good at getting the puck in the net, maybe he's that good at swallowing his mouth guard or getting it out of the way so he can celebrate immediately. I don't know. I don't think he has one. Because there's some people who play with mouth guards who chew on them and don't even like wear them as <laughs> mouth guards. Like, I think Patrick Kane like, will we'll, we'll play the game with like he'll come can come be coming down the ice on a rush and his mouth guard will be like half out of his mouth like this and be chewing on it <laughs> yeah i don't know and of course with uh mouth guards people would think that the main purpose of the mouth guard is to protect your teeth but in fact uh one, a very important purpose of the mouth guard is to protect against concussions because if you get hit hard enough on the chin and you don't have anything cushioning your lower jaw from your upper jaw or from your upper mouth, mm-hmm. the force will transmit right through into your uh, cranial cavity and cause your brain to uh, have a concussion. So well, the mouth guard is, is very much an anti-concussion device. Yeah, and the loss of teeth as well. I mean, the, that's t- part the, of it. the typical hockey player is oh, yeah. like... You're kind of not a hockey player if you're not missing a tooth. So. Yeah, if you got all if you got all your teeth and you're playing professional hockey, you're doing something wrong. Yeah, exactly. You're not playing hard <laughs> enough. Not playing hard. <laughs> uh, I don't even mean to be distracted here, but I'm following a few potential rumors on my phone here. Okay. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I'm not going to mention them right now because I don't know how legit they are. But I don't want to. I don't want to do fake news. So. Um, I think it's really hard. Because like, I like Washington, I love Ovechkin, but it's really hard to feel good about them because of their history. Mm-hmm. Their history, and not only against the Pittsburgh Penguins, but just their just their inability to, to not get it done. Get to the inability to get past the second round, usually. I don't know. I don't know what it is. And it's not, I, if, if it was something <laughs> obvious, they would have solved it. But it's not obvious. It's... 
It's bad luck or it's... It, it's... Yips. It, yips, yeah. Like it's a mental thing. I don't know really know what it is, but mm. uh, it, it's a thing. That's for sure. But it's... I don't know the ideal matchup for Washington in the playoffs. I was thinking about this the other day. Do they want to play Pittsburgh in the first round so they don't face them in the second round because of the whole mental thing? Do they want to face Philly in the first round like they did the other year? I think I think you're onto something. I think the the hardest matchup for them <coughs> needs to be in the first round. They I think need, so too. They need to learn how to crunch that and and get it out of the way. Yeah, I think so too. It would be interesting to see Washington take out Pittsburgh in the first round, take out Philly in the second round, and play Boston in the conference finals. That would be three very hard physical series mm-hmm. for them. And if they could do that and get to the finals and ended up facing Vegas or Winnipeg or Nashville, I think they'd have a legitimate chance based on what they did taking mm-hmm. down Boston. And But it's going to be so hard for Washington to come out of the East. I know I predicted predicted them to win the Stanley Cup, but it's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough. It's going to be really tough. And we saw even last year, I thought when Washington and Toronto drew each other as a matchup, I thought, well, okay, this will maybe go five games. <coughs> and... I think it actually ended up going only six instead of the full seven, although Toronto did so well early in that series that it was fully competitive all the way through. Mm -hmm. And I think it gave them a shock, and it might have given them a scare. But whoever they meet in the third round, if Washington gets to the third round, that team will have to have beaten Tampa, Mm -hmm. Toronto, or those teams will be Tampa or Toronto. Uh, So whoever they play will be beaten up pretty good too. What division do you think has the easiest, is going to have the easiest time? Mm. Like, do you think, like if you look at Vegas, they're so far ahead of everyone else in their division. Yeah. Do you think it matters who wins that two and three seed series? Hypothetically, if Vegas wins their first series against the wild card, do you think it matters who, like, do you think they care? I don't think they do. I think Vegas has a, has the best chance based on their division to get to the conference finals. I think there's only one team that Vegas will have <laughs> lost the season series against based on the games already played. In every other team they've played, I think they've won at least one of the two games and, and more likely both of the games against that other team. <coughs> and I don't know, I, I, there might be one or two now where the other team has won one and maybe tied one or or overtime lost it. Yeah, I think there's one team that beat Vegas twice. Yeah, and I think it's like it's, it's Buffalo or some team. I can't that, remember that who it is. I, I don't think it's a team that that's competitive. It's just a fluky thing. Really, it's th- Buffalo or Chicago or somebody. Oh, I thought it was. I thought it was Dallas or I someone. Know. I don't know. There's probably no easy way of looking that up to find today. Not an easy way, no. But I can take a look right now at. Uh, the standings and see who who would play who um, and and what their records are against each other so that that might be fun but yeah <clears throat> maybe it's Nashville oh no it's Edmonton that's I just looked it up it's Edmonton <laughs> that's funny that is funny <clears throat> so yeah. so the playoff scenarios right now as we speak the Vegas Golden Knights would play Anaheim the season series 
is Vegas beating Anaheim three games and Anaheim beating Vegas once. Hmm. And all the games are played. I said this three podcasts ago, and I'll say it again this podcast. Anaheim, you should be scared. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, <laughs> I should, let me re- let me reword that. The rest of the league, you should be scared of Anaheim. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are my dark horse coming out of the West. It is my prediction that they will go all the way as the dark horse to the Stanley Cup Finals. That's my prediction, my bold prediction. I have a feeling you disagree. No, I don't. I don't disagree. I just don't. I'm I'm trying to see how, I, I again I'm using ESPN again here. Oh, you need to change your ways, man. ESPN, ESPN is... you suck. I'll tell you right now, ESPN, you suck, because the the way the standings actually are don't accord with the playoff rules as to who would play who, and if you click on projected playoff matchups based on the current standings, your website is wrong. So go away. You don't show hockey games anyway. And when you do, it's garbage. And when you do, they're garbage. So goodbye. I'm going to delete that favorite from my favorites bar in Chrome, and I'm never going back to ESPN again. So they don't even do car racing anymore. Who do you think Vegas plays then? I th- I'm, I'm positive that right now Vegas would play either Dallas or St. Louis, who are tied for that uh, last wild card, and it's based on a very chintzy tiebreaker. They both have 74 games played, 62 wins. No, Vegas would play Anaheim. No. Yeah. Anaheim has the last wild card spot. I don't think they do. They do. I'm looking at it right now. Well, I know you're looking at it right now. But <laughs> On NHL.com. If anyone's going to be right, it's going to be NHL.com. Okay. And I know why you're you're looking based on points. I'm yeah. looking based on my plus minus system. Well, you can't do that for the playoff no, matchups. It, I can because this is more real. But then you can't look at your sheet and, and then complain about ESPN because they don't use your system. That's true. <laughs> Uh, that's funny. Uh, one thing I'll say is sometimes we have some laughs on here. It made me think of something. <laughs> I've gotten this said to me a couple of times. People will say, I feel like I've known you guys for a long time. Or I feel like I'm friends with you guys. Right. Because your conversations are so genuine and not scripted. I feel like I'm friends with you guys or I've known you guys forever. We're definitely not scripted. No, definitely not scripted. <laughs> and then they'll say, but you guys obviously have known nothing about me. So it's like, there's people out there who think, who feel like they're kind of part of the conversation, even though they're not contributing Mm -hmm. uh, or they're friends with us or something like that. And it's kind of a weird thing to say, but I completely understand it because that's exactly how I feel about certain YouTubers, um, like Rhett and Link from Mm -hmm. Good Mythical Morning when they do their podcasts. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like I'm kind of there with them and friends with them or Ethan on Ethan's podcast. Oh, he's yeah. Just, like, he's just so genuine. He just, like... Yeah. Not saying that I'm as genuine as, as him, but... And if you yeah. walked up to, and you know, you're just at a bus stop or in an airport and you saw Ethan and Gila, you would probably want to go over and say, how you doing? Yeah. And they're like, who the hell are you? Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, I understand it. I I used to work in, in radio back when radio was a thing. And people would recognize me in stores by my voice because no one knew what I looked like, thank God. But they would recognize my voice and ask me, are you the guy in the radio? And I got the same reaction. People would even phone sometimes, phone the radio station to make mm-hmm. a, a request for a song. And they'd talk to you as if you were a relative almost. Yeah. And they listened to you every night, five nights a week. And they did think they knew you. And it's, it's cool. It, it's very cool. And it's, uh, it's I'm not going to say it's a... It, it's not a power, but it is a responsibility totally. that, that you have with, with the viewer or with the listener to 
hopefully not disappoint them, and to treat that gift with the respect it deserves, because it is a gift that, that they give you and in inviting them into your house, into mm. their house, uh, so many times a day or so many times a week. It's a wonderful thing. Absolutely. And if you guys ever see me out in public or anything like that, come say hi. Don't be afraid. Well, um, that happened just the other day. Someone approached yeah. you. Yeah. Little kid. Shout out to that kid. Uh, real nice kid. But if you ever see me, come say hi. Uh, just tell me who you are. Just explain yourself. If, like, I don't know anything about you, so just mm-hmm. d- help me out a little bit. Tell me who you are, what your name is, all that stuff. Yeah, because the the young man who came up to you, he didn't actually introduce himself or anything. He just said, are you Neil from... Yeah, you Neil from Post to Post. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and you probably had a quick chat, and then yeah. that was it. Yeah, real nice kid. And asked him, uh, asked him what team he cheered for. Um, I asked him who his favorite player was, maybe. If he played hockey, what position he played, what number he wore, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's a good kid. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And then your chicken came and you had to go. Yeah. Yeah. Every, <laughs> what, once every four or five months, I get a craving for popcorn chicken from KFC. <laughs> so that's, that's the first place I was recognized in public. At, at, least, a, at least in Canada, they didn't run out of chicken. Did you hear what happened in the States? No. KFC went to a new supplier or, or a new uh, shipping company for their chicken. No. And something screwed up and they ran out of chicken. Like, Colonel Sanders ran out of chicken. Like, <laughs> like in... All across I, America? I don't know if it was the entire nation or just some of its regions, but it was widespread. Wow. Widespread chicken outage. Widespread chicken outage. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that's more or less scary than a wi- widespread power outage? Oh, way more scary. Yeah, people need their chicken. Yeah, people need their chicken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, back on some hockey talk. Do you have anything else in the NHL to discuss? Not so much in the NHL. I have a little bit of goalie stats, but that, that can be handled quickly. Um, we have uh, Vasilevsky winning uh, the the win stats with 36 games won. And we have uh, Frederick Anderson and Hellebuck tied for next with 32 each. Uh, so things are happening as usual. Yep. As expected. Yep, as expected, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, did you see the save last night that Vasilevsky made in the shootout against Montreal? I did. I must have. I watched the shootout. Behind the back with the glove. Oh, yeah, when he, yeah, when he spun sideways. And That's the second time he's done it this year. Incredible. That, that was just amazing. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and that was the game-winning save because that's the goal that uh, yeah. I think it was Houdon had to score. He had to score, yeah. He had to score, and he didn't score, and Vasilevsky, and he, he had him. He yeah. had any other goal he beat. He's brilliant in the shootouts. And they interviewed Pacioretty after that in the dressing room, and Pacioretty said, there is nobody in the league today who can come across that fast and do that. Yeah, his lateral movement is unbelievable. Now, I thought that was that was a, probably a true statement, but when you say there's nobody in the league who can do that, and one of your teammates is Carey Price, <laughs> I just don't know if that's... <laughs> okay, that's the, you, you have a great point there. And that goes back to what Pacioretty said, apparently... I think this was announced on Satellite Hot Stove last night on CBC or Sportsnet, whatever you want to call it. I don't care anymore. He said that there's a lot of conflict in the room. He said that uh, he wants to go to Florida, not the Panthers, but he wants to he wants to live in in the state of Florida. So there, if he's going to get traded, trade me to Tampa Bay or the Panthers because he wants to live in Florida. And there's a there's a reason other than climate why that may be the case. Are you aware of the? Is his wife from there or something? Uh, I'm not sure one way or the other. It's taxes. Oh, taxes. Taxes. Uh, living, if you're making six or seven million dollars a year, 
that could be a million or two mm -hmm. more money in your pocket if you live in Florida because of the income tax structure. And he also said that if he doesn't get traded by Monday, if he doesn't get traded in the off season, if there's still conflict in the dressing room and still not a um, a good plan going forward in Montreal, as far as far as you know what their plan is to grow, to win, to structure the team, then he's going to re request a trade at the beginning of next season, straight like even before the season starts, as soon as. As soon as training camp starts. Who does he think he is? I don't know. A captain doesn't talk that way. I'm sorry. If that's why he's the worst captain in the league. <laughs> All this, I would, if, if I were the management of the team in, those, in that circumstance, I didn't hear the comment. And I'm, I'm not saying you haven't re reported it accurately. No, it's not a sportsman article. Yeah. But if it, if it was said that way, I'd have that C off his jersey so quick. Absolutely. Uh, I don't care if the players voted him in. And that's how you become a captain in Montreal. The players vote you in. But uh, I would override that vote, and I'd haul the C off his jersey, and I might sit him. You just can't have that. He, If you want to say that stuff to management behind closed doors, um, that's fine. But don't say that to reporters. Because mm -hmm. it's just going to turn into this, where we... Bad talk them yeah. well, for a good reason. Mm -hmm. I mean, they shouldn't be saying that stuff, but um, yeah, crazy. His, you know, and we have been less than content with Pacioretty for a while. You've spoken about it more eloquently than me or than I have, but he is not showing energy and he hasn't really he's, all season. No, he's lazy. When he doesn't have the puck and it's time for him to go on a change, holds a stick up in the air and he glides back to the bench and he's not he's not the only guy who does it Alexander Ovechkin <laughs> does it too and, and we just talked about him and how great he was but a captain doesn't do that he just not not in my team if nope, I was running a that's team. right yeah uh I, Jamie Ben's getting some heat for that as well apparently recently oh yeah he's been pretty pretty lazy and lackluster on the ice uh, I'm just reading here on Twitter that Kovalchuk is eyeing a J July return to the NHL hmm very interesting to see what team he goes to or what team's interested in him. In my opinion, he shouldn't even be allowed back in the NHL because he made the decision to leave and break that huge contract and put New Jersey in a stupid situation. Mm -hmm. uh, shouldn't even be allowed back in the league. In my I, I would tend to agree. Or, or make him play in Atlanta. Make him play in Atlanta? Yeah, make him play in Atlanta. <laughs> That's where this whole story started, right? Sure. Make yeah. him play there. Uh, crazy. What else you got? I have uh, mostly Olympic talk now, so. Segway time? Segway time. All right. Da, da, da. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to, what game do you want to talk about first? First, I, I want to go back about two months where we talked about Team Canada when we, they were putting the roster together. And we've had a few videos and I think in a, at least one other podcast where we talked about Team Canada <clears> and <throat> what our expectations were. And they weren't much. In fact, we were criticized in the comments for the expectations. I think you or I or both of us had said that we didn't really expect that they would win any games, let alone go into medal territory. And someone wrote, and probably quite rightly, come on now, you can't say Canada you know, wouldn't win any games. They're yeah. still bringing a lot of talent, and every other team uh, there is suffering under the same restriction of no NHL players as we are, so get a grip. And they're probably correct, but... All that in context, I'm so pleased that Team Canada, Rennie Bork and Max Lapierre and those guys were able to come home with a medal. 
And I think that's fabulous in the men's side. And I think the women, we already had a show about the women. I think the women have nothing to be ashamed of either. The Americans clearly had the better team. And Team Canada sk skated their, their butts off, both men and women, and worked as hard as they could and got what they got. And they deserved exactly what they got and good for them. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. Yeah, well said. Um, it, it's a bronze, but it's still a medal. Um, they still played hard. They still came together as a group. They still um, made a ton of great connections over there. Uh, just a wonderful experience for the team in general. Just fantastic. And these, all, every single one of these players would never have made it into the Olympics to even compete if the NHL hadn't decided to not participate. Mm -hmm. So none of them would have been Olympians. They would have just toiled away in the DEL or the SHL or wherever. And here they were all coming together and doing an amazing thing. <laughs> just he, I, <clears throat> I want to give credit to the coaching staff as well. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, because that was great. They play such a crucial role, mm -hmm. especially when you're bringing together a team that really doesn't have a lot of experience playing with each other. And I know that some of the guys do because they played in the Spengler Cup, um, but really, you don't have a lot of time to bring <clears throat> that team together and make it happen. Kind of like what Vegas did this year. Uh, Gerard Gallant did a lot of coaching to make that team happen. And uh, the Canadian coaching staff did the same thing this year with them. Uh, so we're still very proud of them. Obviously, I'm disappointed that the NHL players weren't there. But uh, they they did better than I thought they would. But mm -hmm. th I knew that they weren't. I, had, I didn't know that they weren't going to win gold, but I had a good feeling about that. I got an interesting tweet about that. After game, they won the game first game against someone I don't even know who it was Slovenia or something like that I don't even know and I got a tweet from a guy <clears throat> and he said weren't you the channel that predicted the, that Canada wouldn't win gold and they called me uh, or he said what do you say why don't you go complain that the NHL players aren't there and they called me a crybaby cry Crosby or something like that mm. and then he he went on to talk about Rene Bork and how elite he was and stuff. And then he said that, uh, see, we don't need you white, you white man anymore. And he said that he didn't identify as Canadian because he was, he lived in Alberta, but he didn't identify as Canadian because he's Native American and oh, he doesn't okay. need the white man. And then he just went on and on. It's just like, brought race into it and stuff it's like what are you talking about like what anyways it's just ridiculous it's, i blocked him because it's not going to engage in that conversation was it on twitter or yeah it's on twitter <clears throat> yeah basically hmm. making me feel bad because of what his culture has gone through and stuff like i don't have nothing to do with that like i'm talking hockey get a grip bud anyway yeah it's <laughs> I don't want to talk about politics on here, but... No, yeah, but really there's there's a lot of extra things happening for a lot of people right now, and it's hard for them to separate mm -hmm. sports from culture, from all these other things. Mm -hmm. It's Some people are struggling, so... Some people are struggling, yep. Mm -hmm. um, That's too bad. Can we talk a, b a little bit about the game that happened last night? Well, we have to. Okay, good. <laughs> but before we even do that, just back to the bronze medal game. In doing that, Canada played the Czechs, and the Czechs had beaten Canada. Yes, they had. 
uh, in the round robin. I think it was in a shootout or overtime or whatever. But so, you know, the Canada wasn't maybe the favorite going into that bronze medal game, but they won fairly decisively, although the Czechs made a game of it in the third period and ended up being a two-goal uh, spread. Mm-hmm. But I think, uh, and I want to agree with you, Willie Desjardins, Dave King, and Sean Burke, who really was the, the mind behind putting the team together, did a fabulous job. Oh, yes, they did. Fabulous <clears throat> job. So uh, good for Team Canada. They were you, think, you could see they were genuinely happy to get the bronze. And I think that's the distinction between winning bronze and winning silver in these kinds of tournaments. The women wanted gold. Yeah. And lost, so they got silver. The men wanted bronze and won to get the bronze. Mm-hmm. And that's such a different feeling. Yeah, it is. I mean, you're getting a third place instead of second place, but yeah. <clears throat> the sense of accomplishment is, is, is there at least yeah. and not in the silver. And, uh, you know, when you think sometimes that the two teams that didn't make it into the final end up playing for bronze and they really don't care, they care. Yeah. They care a lot, especially in the Olympics. Yeah, you got to win to get bronze and you got to lose to get silver. Mm-hmm. So it's. Yeah, so that's a little different. Tough. And maybe they could structure the tournament differently. Maybe the two teams, I, I don't know how they could do it, but, you know, if they could have a different, you know, they have page playoffs and other things in curling and mm-hmm. not in the Olympics, but elsewhere. <clears throat> it would be neat to have have it set up so that you played and won to get your medal, not just lost. But I, I don't know how you do it. How would you feel about a gold medal <clears throat> uh, matchup of a best of five? First team to win three games. Well. Or best of three. It would probably be fairer and be less luck-based or officiating-based or something like that. However, uh, after watching five-game series and seven-game series in the NHL all my life, it's sometimes refreshing Mm -hmm. to see the whole thing decided in one darn game, just like the Super Bowl. Yeah, I agree. And why not just one game? That one game is still 60 minutes long. A lot can happen. Mm-hmm. in that one game and you get ready for it and away you go so i'm okay with it i'm just glad that that final game didn't end in a shootout like the oh, women's one did that would have been just awful that was awful i shut it off i said that in the video i mm-hmm. shut the game off after the overtime because i just didn't care anymore yeah turning an individual uh, team sport in, into an individual sport so now to the final game yes which you introduced seven minutes ago and I interrupted you, but that was amazing. Well, I think hockey. I made the, I think I made the segue at about four minutes in. I was so excited <laughs> to talk about it. Yeah. It was, uh, it was unbelievable because Germany, like admittedly, I didn't watch all the game. I tuned in with 16 minutes left in the third period. Oh. It was one, one. And then, uh, Russia scored with like six minutes left or something like mm-hmm. that. And I was like, oh, no, because I was cheering hard for Germany. And then 10 seconds. And then seconds, 10 seconds 10 later. 10 seconds later. It was unbelievable. <laughs> it was like a movie. And then Germany scored again with, like, three minutes left. I, like, I was like, there's no way that Russia can, like, there's yeah. Germany. Spe- Germany's ahead 3-2. There's, there's less than three minutes to go. They're going to shut them down. They're going to shut them down. And then with two minutes and two seconds to go or something like that, Russia takes a penalty. Yeah. Like, okay. Germany, this, Germany takes a penalty. No, Russia takes a penalty. Oh, yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah. And sorry, this yeah. is in the bag. They've got a power play for almost the entire remainder of the third period, yeah. and you're up by a goal. Yeah, I think you, it's, you couldn't have written in any more perfect scenario. Mm-hmm. And then? And then they pull the goalie to make a five-on-five, keep possession in the zone, and score. Russia scores with half a second left, 0.5 seconds. Russia scores and ties it at 3-3. Frustrating. Very frustrating. But exciting. So exciting. Yeah. So exciting. Couldn't believe it. And it was just, 
like I wanted Germany to win, but the way that the game happened, it was a pretty special event to watch. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I was hoping for Germany as well, but Russia went through a lot of adversity, uh, just as a team. If you want to even call it Russia, we're not probably shouldn't uh, because of this whole change status they had. Olympic athletes from Russia, the so OAR. They've gotten three gold <coughs> medals. The first was the USSR or whatever. Mm -hmm. The second one was like the Union of Russia or whatever it was called. And they didn't they didn't enter as Russia. They entered as the Union of Russia. Whatever. Oh, they were the Commonwealth of Independent States. Something like that. CIA, and the CIS. This yeah. time they're the OAR. They've yeah. never won the gold medal as rep represented as Russia. Is that right? Of the three times. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. <coughs> yeah. One thing that I will say... <clears throat> Even though I was cheering for Germany, um, I was happy for the Russian players, and uh, they did something very respectful. And one of the first things they did after they won, after they did their little celebration, was go over and congratulate and speak with the German coaches, the coaching staff, mm -hmm. and uh, really give them credit for for all that they did with their team. I thought that was a really classy move. Uh, so good on the Russians for for doing that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really just feel bad for Ovechkin because he wanted to go so bad and win gold, and. Uh, he had to watch his country basically win gold without him. So mm -hmm. it's it's tough. It's tough. It is tough, and it's it's business. It's so much business and money, and not mm -hmm. not heart. <clears throat> Excuse me. Another cool thing that happened, and I didn't see it right after the game because it didn't happen right after the game. But I was watching on CBC uh, the coverage uh, live to tape. I, I watched a PVR version because I couldn't stay up that late. I, well, I could, but I wouldn't have been much good. Uh, so I watched it, and the cov the coverage cut away from the game almost immediately, as soon as the game ended, because they had to go to bobsledding or basket weaving or some other thing. <laughs> basket weaving. <laughs> or <laughs> long darts or whatever they're covering. <clears throat> anyway, um, they came back just with a snip of, of in-the-rink video several minutes after the game had ended, maybe 15 minutes afterwards. They were still putting the carpets out and getting ready to hand the medals out. Or no, the medals had already been handed out by this point because they had them around their necks, which I didn't see. But Kovalchuk and Datsuk posed for photographs with each of the German players. So they mm. would stand over by the boards and a German player would go in between them, put his arms around the two Russian guys and they'd take a picture. And then he'd skate away and another German guy would come up and he'd get his <laughs> picture taken because this was history. And even though they'd just been beaten for the gold medal in the Olympics, they were going over to these two gods of hockey, Datsuk and Kovalchuk, and wanting their picture taken with these guys. Yeah. I thought that was just fantastic that the Germans would have enough spirit and gratitude for playing in that game and, and mm. you know, getting it set in their heads that, okay, silver's all right. We just got beaten by Russians, you know, mm. for the silver. And then also by Datsuk and, and Kovalchuk and probably other Russian players as well that were spending time with the Germans on the ice and, and celebrating the moment. And I thought that was just fabulous. And it's all... It's all that's good about hockey and sports. Yeah, exactly. Very, very classy move. Super. And as the fatherland versus the motherland, uh, I guess, is, does Germany still identify as the fatherland? No, I or don't. Do, have they ever? Well, I don't think they have since uh, about May 8th, 1945, <laughs> uh, hopefully. But, yeah, uh, anyway. Let's not go there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was good. And there's so many, so much politics and stuff, especially with Russia these days. It's cool to see two countries kind of come together like that uh, through a sport on the ice and uh, mm -hmm. just be, just appreciate the other side of, of the team and, and the guy on the ice. 
Yeah, and it's two countries that have a very difficult history politically. Yes, that's uh, what that's what I was. Yeah, like thinking. in 1939, when Germany went into Poland uh, and started the European part of World War Two. Yeah, uh, they had a deal with the Russians. They had a pact. Then the Russians actually went into Poland from the other side, and they met in the middle and mm -hmm. shook hands at least for a while. And then later on, Germany broke the deal and went into Russia going for the oil fields mm -hmm. in, in the Caucasus because they needed the, the energy to fund their war machine or to supply their war machine. And then things broke down and it got very grim after that. Wars are terrible things. But uh, thankfully now, uh, with sport and other cultural exchanges and things, uh, we can see that uh, we're all the same folks and, and forget the politics and yeah. you know, it, get out in the, in the ice and you're all good. Wasn't it Russia who took down Hitler <coughs> eventually? Well, they were the first army into Berlin. Uh, Hitler took down himself. No, but I mean, like, they, they were the first to get to yeah. him. It was a desperate race to get into Berlin. Yeah. The Americans were trying hard, the British, yeah. from the west, and the Russians were coming in from the east, and the Russians got there first, and uh, that was the end of that. Mm. And uh, the the truce was signed. The Germany surrendered on May the 8th. And a lot of Germans were headed west to try to get inside the American, British, and French lines so the Russians wouldn't catch them because the Russians were very angry about what the Germans had done in Russia. And no and, doubt. And as you can imagine, uh, millions and millions and millions of people, villages burned to the ground. Uh, and again, the individual soldiers involved here, they're mm -hmm. just acting on orders. And the, yep. the higher up you go, that's where you find the bad guys. Yep. And uh, war is a bad deal. And, uh, hopefully sport is, is an alternative to war, right? Yeah, yeah, you're we, right. We compete. We cheer for a country. You go out, you do battle, quote unquote, mm -hmm. and then you shake hands after it's over and you're done. Definitely. And I think in many ways, sports has become an outlet, an ineffective outlet because we still have wars, unfortunately, but sports has become an outlet for that competitive spirit that you have when you try to measure yourself up against other mm -hmm. countries. Or a space race. Or the space race, <laughs> yeah, or anything. Because eventually yeah. the Russians and the uh, Americans and everyone came together to create the International Space Station. Mm -hmm. um, obviously there's still some political differences between America and, and Russia, yeah. as we all know, but uh, the International Space Station plays a very crucial role in bringing the two countries together because um, a lot of U.S. merchandise gets launched from Kazakhstan mm -hmm. on a regular basis. Oh yeah, especially since the shuttle program closed up. Yep. And you can say, well, now Russia's not really a communist country anymore, and it's easier to do business with them and all of that. But this actually happened when Russia still was a communist country mm -hmm. back in the 1970s. And we're only talking a couple of years after the race to the moon was finished and the Americans got there first. They had Apollo-Soyuz missions where they built a docking port so that an Apollo capsule and a Soyuz could dock together in space <coughs> and have... A meet a meetup. Yeah, I remember seeing the video hmm. of that. Yeah, I think they were shaking hands. Or something. Oh yeah, yes. shaking hands and hanging out for a couple of days together, and then they would just just de-dock or undock, and then they would go back to, to Earth. It's cool to see the the science minds come together uh, within both country to I think they understand what's really important mm -hmm. uh, moving forward in in the world. Well, in space in particular, because you get up into orbit and you look down at the Earth and you can't see borders anymore. You can't see politicians. You can't see mm -hmm. the flow of money, and you can't see poverty. Uh, you can see brown and green, and you can easily tell the difference between Haiti and the Domin Dominican Republic that share that island. Mm -hmm. And Haiti has, you know, has a lot more difficulty uh, right. socially than Dominican Republic does, and you can see that from space. Mm. But when you're in space, the Earth is just one big marble. That's right. And everybody's the same. Brings things into pers into perspective. For sure, sure does. Uh, I just got some news on Twitter here. Uh, not a very good segue, and not very good news at all. 
uh, it's being reported that maybe this is old news, I'm not sure, but this is the first time I'm reading of it. Uh, Jordan Stahl's um, infant daughter just passed away. I don't know how or, or why or what from, but... Oh, wow, I'm seeing uh, that here, too. That's that's tough. Uh, oh, usually man. CBC isn't the type of outlet to break news like that uh, first, but that's the first time I'm hearing of it. I'm not sure what I'm sure what happened, but... Yeah, apparently she died uh, yesterday. That's a very tough... Uh, it's a very tough thing for him to go through um, and still continue to keep his mind on hockey. I hope for his sake he takes some time away from from the game. He's um, already taken the, the weekend games. or have he, he wasn't in the roster in the last two games because she That's must have been ill. Very unfortunate. I am, I am confident that the uh, organization will uh, allow him to take as much time as he needs and uh, obviously do as anything financially they can um, for the family or any family going through the same mm. thing. and Hockey is really good that way. Hockey eat, is... Like the whole hockey fights cancer, hockey is for everyone. It is really true that um, people don't just care about the game, they care about each other. They care about important things in life and illnesses and stuff. A lot of the hockey wives do uh, charities and fundraisers and uh, phone call stuff and... Mm-hmm. It's they do a lot behind the scenes that people don't know about. So yeah. it's that's one of the things I love about hockey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, very good. Hope that uh, hope that they find peace. Mm. Um, back to the Olympics, can sure. we just yeah. for a moment? Uh, you, I think the team or the country that won the most Olympic medals was Norway, which isn't unusual. Norway is just such very a strong, dominating yeah. cross country skiing, speed skating, long track speed skating in particular. And I heard an interesting stat uh, this past week talking about Norway's uh, unbelievable medal hall. Norway has about 5.5 million people in the entire country. And Norway, of course, hugs the the coast of Scandinavia there Mm -hmm. in the North Sea. With 5.5 million people, they they turn out a tremendous uh, amount of of very high-level athletes in a lot of different sports. Canada has 30 five million people Mm -hmm. and we're a winter country as well at least Mm -hmm. several months of the year and even in vancouver they got i think 20 centimeters in vancouver over the weekend so that'll shut that place down for days but in canada we have i'll just ask you to tell me how many olympic size long track speed skating ovals do we have in canada olympic size olympic size for three and a half or 35 million people five three Three? Three. Jeez. Norway, with five and a half million people, mm-hmm. has how many? Ten. Seventy-two. Seventy-two. Taking it, 72. taking it a little seriously. Yeah, that's good, though. <laughs> Is it a surprise mm. <laughs> that Norway wins so many speed skating medals? Seventy-two. And you're seeing, like, Canada's always dominated hockey and stuff, but you're seeing the Canada programs really come to life in bobsledding and, and stuff like that. They're really putting focus on some some of those secondary sports uh, to hockey, so that's it's mm-hmm. good to see, and it's good to see that countries like Norway focus on on those sports like that. That's it's really important. Mm-hmm. It makes the Olympics what they are. So, and it's funny that Canada has, I think, we have got more medals this year than the previous two Olympics, but we haven't dominated in hockey and we haven't dominated in curling like expected. Yeah, th- those should be you know guaranteed medals in mm-hmm. those sports that, uh, especially curling. We did get one curling gold, which was mixed doubles. Mm-hmm which was very well done, but the men and the women both struggled. And I'm, I'm not sure if we use the right method to pick teams for curling. I, like we have these massive tournaments and 
I don't know if by the time we send the team to the Olympics, they're still the best team. Like the tournament they won to become that team mm -hmm. was months and months ago. And uh, curling can be very streaky. I don't follow curling at all because I honestly despise the sport. But I've heard <laughs> I've heard lots of controversy about the decisions that they made to send who they did. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, it's become a bit of a dramatic sport based on that. At least in Canada, I don't know how other countries do it, but I think you could safely say that there are probably eight, or at least half a dozen, but maybe as many as eight women's or men's curling teams that on a given week can win the best trophy in the world. Mm. Uh, but when they play each other, they play each other in cash spiels and, and the women play the Scotties Tournament of Hearts and the right. men play in the Briar. Mm -hmm. Well, the Olympics happen before the Briar champion is chosen each year. The Briar is usually in like March. And so the Olympic champion is really last year's champion or, or got there or, or the Olympic team mm -hmm. is either last year's champion or got there because of a tournament that happened several months ago. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, you know, in, in Canada, while they're still playing, knowing that they're going to the Olympics, they may be going through a period of advanced suckitude you know, at true. that time. That's true. And other teams are just cleaning them up. And then these other teams that are playing really well, they don't get to go to the Olympics. Mm -hmm. The team that they just tromped went and then ends up losing. So now usually we do well in the, in, even with that choosing system, we still do well because even when Canada sends a team that would only be fifth or sixth mm -hmm. on a given week, we're still, you, we have been in the past good enough to, to show up and, and get her done. But the other countries, especially Asia, in the women's curling, yes. Sweden won but the South Koreans came second and Japanese women came third. That's amazing. It is amazing. Do you know about the South Korean team's connection to Canada? Mm, I do not. Do you know about the South Korean team's connection to Prince Edward Island? I do not. Their coach is from PEI. Really? Yep. Interesting. Yeah. I've got a funny story for you. And his last name is Gallant. No, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> that That's a great segue into, uh, oh, it's not really a segue, I'm not gonna talk about it. There was a conversation I had the other night on Discord with some Patreon people about, uh, last names and stuff, genealogy. Um, we had one of our Patreon members is traveling down to Atlanta, I think. I think that's where he said he's going. And he came across a U-Haul thing. And on the U-Haul thing, there's a picture of Anna Green Gables that said Prince Edward Island on it, all the way down there. Really? I thought that was really interesting. Isn't that neat? Yeah, it's cool. Huh. Yeah, anyways, uh, do you have anything else to add to this podcast? Just the uh, soccer talk. All right, hit me with it. All right. Uh, today, some people call today Super Sunday. Some of the bigger matchups in the uh, Barclays English Premier League are held on this day. And today's game was between, or the one I watched anyway, was between Manchester United and Chelsea. Manchester United is in second place in the league standings. A distant second, Manchester City is running away with it all. But United was playing Chelsea, and if Chelsea had won the game, and, and even if they had tied the game, United would not have even been in second place because they had temporarily been passed for second place. Uh, and they had to win today in order to get back into second place. In soccer, when you win, you get three points. When you tie, you just get one, and that's how it ends. So a tie game, actually, there's one point less awarded mm -hmm. than, uh, than a win to both teams. So uh, there's a history between the coach of Manchester United Jose Mourinho, and the coach of Chelsea, Antonio Conti. 
And these two coaches do not like each other. Uh, Mourinho's from Portugal and Conti's from Italy, but neither one of them's from England. But uh, they have a history, and it's not a good history, of, of trash-talking each other. Mourinho in particular, he likes to say things that get the other coaches riled up. So he said, uh, well, he, he said things over the years. Mm -hmm. But most recently, he was interviewed, uh, like a year or so ago, and said, uh, you know, you seem to be very quiet when you're standing on the sideline. And in soccer, coaches stand right on the sideline. They're not behind the players on a bench somewhere. They're right out at the edge of the field, right on the touchline, as mm -hmm. they call it. Kind of like basketball. Kind of like basketball, and they have a box they have to stand in. And the box is, pr is described by some white lines. And it's near midfield. So the opposing coach, the guy you hate, if you hate him, is standing literally feet from you in his box. And you're standing side by side right on the edge of the, uh, the, the pitch. And apparently, uh, in the past, uh, Manchester United had played Chelsea last year, and Chelsea had beat them at home for nothing. And the Ital or the uh, uh, Conti, the Italian-born mm -hmm. coach of Chelsea, was going quite crazy, even with the third and the fourth goal. And you would know from NHL, like if if one team is beating another team nine nothing, mm -hmm. when they score the tenth goal, you're not supposed to celebrate. That's right. You just score the goal and you skate away. We've done this before. You know we don't want to embarrass the other team. Mm, act like you've done it before. Act like you've done it before. Well, in in football, soccer, uh, that same principle is supposed to apply, but it applies when the score might only be three nothing, or four nothing, because that's. Uh, that's the equivalent of a 10 nothing game in hockey because yeah. soccer, you don't score as much. Exactly. So when, you're, when you've gone ahead and scored 4 nothing, you don't jump around on the sidelines like, a, like an idiot. So they asked Mourinho, you know, that you seem to be awfully subdued and reserved. He said, well, you know, I just, I, I don't want to act like a clown. Mm. And Conti figured that he was referring to him. Now, Mourinho didn't say Conti's name, but Conti figured, oh, you're, you're referring to me because I'm emotional on the sidelines. Well, uh, you know, maybe I maybe I'm not a clown, or maybe I am a clown, but at least I'm not senile. Oh, at least I'm not senile or have dementia, because you know, some people who might call other people a clown used to be clowns themselves back in the day. You know, <laughs> and uh, Mourinho says, "Yeah, I might have done stuff in the past, but I never fixed any games." Oh, <laughs> and what what that referred to was back when Conti coached Juventus. Uh, he was charged by in, by FIFA, the soccer organization, with fixing games when he'd coached his earlier team, which was uh, Siena. Wow. And he was eventually acquitted of doing that, but he served a 10-game or several-game suspension and several years later took it to court and won. But it, so he never, you know, legally speaking, he was never found to have fixed any games. Right. But that didn't stop Jose Mourinho from saying, well, at least I didn't fix any games. Yeah. So then Conti says... Uh, if you want to settle this, we can go in a room. <laughs> and now that's the equivalent of what you'd say in Canada. If you want to settle something, take it outside. Yeah. Apparently over there, you take it inside. You take it <laughs> in a room. But anyway, that's where the state of play was between these two guys when Chelsea and Manchester go and take the field today. Mm. And because the, you'd only play the other team twice a year. Right. And they hadn't played Chelsea for a long time. And a lot of this stuff happened since the last time they played each other. So here they are today in Manchester at Trafford Field, or Old Trafford they call it. Chelsea scored first and was up one nothing, and that could have been it. Manchester scored and tied it, and then Manchester scored and went ahead 2-1.
and then the talk was, what's going to happen? Because usually when the game is over, the coaches walk towards each other and shake hands. Mm -hmm. At the beginning of the game, there's usually a handshake as well. And in the beginning of the game, Mourinho for Manchester went and greeted all of the Chelsea players, hugged a couple of them, shook hands with them all, and then the coaches, he eventually went over to Conti and you know, almost made him shake his hand. But they didn't even look at each other. So when the game ended, of course, Mourinho won. So he's obviously pumped, mm -hmm. but he's being very cool about it. And he walks over to Conti. They do shake hands. It's very quick. It's very abrupt. But it's... it's, it's no all, No, it didn't break out. No fisticuffs. <laughs> but, but being a Manchester United fan as I am, I was so hoping that even though I think when you look at the two guys, I don't like Conti at all. And I'm not a big fan of Mourinho either, frankly. I, I'm an Alex Ferguson guy. He used to be the manager. And that's what, the manager's really the right name to call them. I'm calling them coaches, but that's how we relate to that. And uh, I was really hoping Manchester would win, but Marino is a bit of a, <laughs> he's a bit of a tool when it comes to yeah. these kinds of things. But it was a lot of fun to watch that and know about the drama that's behind it and then see it play out live on TV was great. <laughs> yeah, so I liked it. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Soccer drama. Yeah. Anything else? No. Right, There's got to be more, but uh, that's all I got. This brings a conclusion to the podcast. We are a little over an hour, so goal accomplished. Mm -hmm. um, I'm off to watch NASCAR in Atlanta after the big Daytona 500. I'm off to edit about 3,000 videos. Right so. on. Uh, thanks, guys, for for uh, listening on, U on uh, iTunes or uh, Google Play or any podcast or app you use or watching on YouTube. I'm not really sure how many people watch versus listen, but uh, I appreciate... Uh, you guys making it this far regardless. Uh, we're going to skip the fishbowl today uh, due to oh. time reasons. I want I have so much to edit. Uh, okay. I just want to wrap this up. So, But we are going to do a podcast for the other channel. From That's right. post to post where we talk general things, not Talk about things. life, talk about science, talk about whatever, just answer questions. So if you're really missing the fishbowl because you were looking for us to answer a question, yep. stay tuned. If you like the bonus podcast we did last week, it's basically going to be exactly like that. Yeah. It's going to be called Having a Yak, and it's going to be held yak. on our second channel, More Post to Post. I'm not entirely sure when the next one is going to release, but hopefully pretty soon because uh, we have a lot of questions to answer, a lot of things to talk about, a lot of laughs to have. Have? Cool. Okay. All right. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Love you guys. Um, subscribe on YouTube if you're new. Like the uh, podcast if you like the the video on YouTube if you like the podcast. And I'll see you guys uh, next week for podcast 38? 38. All right. Adios. <laughs>